This is DWZ Podcast with J-Rod here. Deleted WrestleZone's very own podcast of professional wrestling from AEW, NXT, New Japan Pro Wrestling, Impact Wrestling, the National Wrestling Alliance, various promotions, wrestlers' matches and, cha- wrestlers matches and championships. I am your host, J-Rod here. So, once again, we got another episode with some interesting topics to talk about. Now, let's talk one that took place last week. Now... I want to be honest with all of you guys. The reason is, honesty is the good policy. You may have heard that term. As you know, last week we had the uh, WrestleMania backlash. I think it was last week. Was it? I don't know. But anyway, the point is, I wasn't too fond of the name WrestleMania backlash. Who the hell puts a name with WrestleMania backlash? But to be honest with you, All the other matches were fine, but the one that kind of threw me off right from the start, I'm talking about the Lumberjack match between Damian Priest and The Miz. And you guys saw who exactly was the Lumberjacks. Zombies. Yeah, you guessed it, folks. Zombies. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Now, the reason I, I, I talk like this is because here's the thing. As much as it's entertaining, I feel like it kind of threw me off as a fan that I've been watching a lot of wrestling since I was a kid. But I don't know what to make of it. I mean, if this was Dawn of the Dead, fine. But no, I understand the whole thing was promoted to help Dave Batista, as we all know, he's involved in that whole thing with Army of the Dead and all of that, and I understand that, I know many fans, I heard there was a lot of backlash over this, the backlash is that many people blame Dave Batista for this, because if you guys saw the, the, the tweet, it said, uh, sorry guys, I can't be there, but I have some friends that will be, so those friends were the zombies. And, of course, WWE, um, how do I say this, were later, this was WWE's idea to make money. Now, you can say this, okay, money's fine, but do we really need to make the zombies? To be honest with you, I don't know. Because, as a fan, I just was, I just thought it was just too, not too, I don't know, I don't know the pronounced word. And I know there was a lot of, People, even Jericho said himself. I mean, there was a lot of backlash with Jericho during that blood and guts match, where some people say, "Oh, it took us back thirty years." Uh, now we got Jericho who said the same thing. You know, where you know this whole with the zombies took them back. You know, another uh, thirty years. I'm like, I don't recall any zombies back then, but you know, uh, I don't know. I just find it really dumb and stupid. The fact is entertaining, but having zombies at a, 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 an important pay-per-view like this, I wasn't too fond of it. But, I don't know. I don't know how you guys would feel. I thought it was dumb. But, I did hear that uh, WWE made some money out of it. So, basically, they made it millions or so. I, I just don't know exactly what's the estimate. But, good for them. But, of course, fans, there are fans who may not like it. Others, they do. That's how the wrestling fan base is right now. We just don't like it. 
Now, this next one is a very interesting topic. Over almost a year ago, the wrestling world took a tragic loss. A young female Japanese wrestler named Hana Kimura passed away. Now, you guys don't know who she is. If Those who are getting to wrestling or don't know much about the Japanese wrestling scene is okay. Let me explain about this one. Hana Kimura was a, breast, a second generation wrestler like her mother. Her name is Kyoko Kimura. Uh, not much about her father from, I understand. Uh, she was her only child. But Hana was, from what many wrestlers say, she lights up your your day. Because uh, she was really good and fluent in English. She talks to many of the foreign wrestlers who come to Japan. She makes them feel welcome at home. Uh, many re- female wrestlers uh, talk to her, and she makes sure of that. Uh, she uh, she trained under Keiji Muto, as we know him, the Great Muto, at once his promotion known as Russell One, and then she moved on to other promotions as Sendai Girls, and of course, finally Stardom. Uh, she was part of the faction known as Odatai, one of the only villainous faction, and then later formed her own faction known as Tokyo Cyber Squad as her the leader. But however, her life was taken from us, or should I say her life, she took her own life. The reason this happened was because she was involved in a reality TV show, kind of like Big Brother called The Terrence House. This show it was very unscripted. Now, what was going on is that uh, they wanted her to do something that she did not want to do. Uh, there was this guy named Kai. Real interested in her. Uh, basically what happened is that she wanted they wanted her to uh, take off his hat and throw it. She wasn't going to do that. There was a lot of things that were going on in that show. But of course, we ha- there's these so-called haters you m- must know about. These motherfucking haters decided to go on the internet... And post some real mean shit to Hana Kimura. Like saying take your own life. The world is better without you. That to me is really disgusting. And these fucking bastards forced her to kill herself. She was 22 years old. And how dare these motherfuckers go out all because of a damn reality TV show. And in case you guys are wondering, the TV show got canceled because of her death. Good. And I hope they never, I mean ever fucking come back because the one thing i hate is bullies and i really do because they think they know better they think they have all the power no they're just idiots who have nothing to do because of some things they don't like if they don't like what hanakamura was doing on that show keep your damn mouth shut now before i move forward on the subject i want to say this those who are being bullied Reach out to your friends or your family, your loved ones. Reach out to them because they they don't want to lose you. But if you have a friend who's going through that situation, go to them. Drop everything and over there. Go over there and talk to them. They need that. And be kind to everyone else, please. We don't need this kind of crap in people's lives. 
My best friend was on the verge of killing himself all because some stupid ex-girlfriend who had a problem with him how he lives his life. In case you guys wondering what I said to him, she's not even worth it. And then she gets mad at me because I, she broke up with him. Um, well, he broke up with her, but I told her, go to hell. She even tried to turn everybody against me, but everybody turned that. But that's how it is. I know how to look out for people. She doesn't. She acts like she's the, the victim, but in reality, she's the villain. But that's how it is. I made sure he didn't take his own life. And I was there for him. But if you have friends who are in that situation, go to them, stop them, talk to them, make conversations. Just don't let them do this to themselves. Now, continuing on the subject. It's been almost a year since the tragic death of Hana Kimura. Her mother, Hyoko, decided to organize a memorial sh tribute show called the Hana Kimura Memorial Manate Show. Now, you probably ask, what the hell is Manate? Well, it translates in, in, from Japanese to English, which means, see you later. Which is what Hana Kimura would tell people when she departs seeing them. Like, let's say, you guys with your homeboys or your homegirls say, see you later. You, that's the kind of person she is. She always tell them, see you later. And sh this was actually set up on the May on May twenty second, U.S. time on the twenty third Japanese time, at Cork and Hall, and there was some great talent involved in this. Um, now, if you guys are gonna say, but we saw an amazing tribute with Brody Lee, but this one was special, guys. Different, special about Hana Kimura. Think about it. Brody was like in his early forties. He what he was the kind who looks out for people. Same thing with Hana Kimura, but she was very special in every way. She was kind to everyone, and that's how it is. We have those type of people we need, and I feel Brody Lee and Hana Kimura fit in that subject. Now, I'm going to tell you exactly what really happened in the show. There were only four matches in this one, but it opened up with DJ Yam uh, Yamamura, who was a former wrestler from Dragon Gate. And of course he's a current DJ. And he's in fact. Uh, Hana Kimura's favorite DJ. So he DJed the whole thing up. You know much of like. The opening part of the show. Which is cool you know. You probably say why is DJing cool in, in a wrestling show. You gotta think about it. This is a guy who admired Hana Kimura. Who's a big fan. And ask yourself. Who would you want to DJ if, you, if you're not here on this planet. For me, I have to say it would be uh, DJ Snake if it was if it was me, you know. But and also we had Jungle Kiora who we haven't seen in months because she had multiple injuries and very successful multiple surgeries. Uh, the reason Jungle Kiora was there was because she was part of the Tokyo Cyber Squad alongside um, Hana Kimura, but it was. Great to see her, and of course there was this idol group called uh, Ilk Park performing a song from one of uh, when Hana was in her idol times called Awami uh, Awamika, and they played one of their songs. It was pretty cool, and then there was a video where you see Hana wearing a Ribera jacket during a Wrestle One um, show. 
That's pretty nice. And then they started out with a uh, six-man tag team match. First team is Shota, Fuma, and Mil Mongoose taking on Hubs, Shizui, and Eza. But it did reveal later that uh, Hub, <coughs> Hub is, in fact, one of Hanakamura's favorite wrestlers. And I have to say, it's pretty cool that they brought this guy in. It was a really interesting match. Uh, but, of course... Um, in the end of the match, they show the respect because this is Hanakamura's show. This is her memory and all that. Next match was a battle royal. Now, there was a lot, a lot of wrestlers. But there was some I did recognize. Sherry, Ramgajio, and many others. But there were some interesting guests that came around. Like Jun Kasai from all the, the deathmatch wrestler. Masato Tanaka. Shinsiri Sasaki. And, of course... Shima was there. So it was pretty cool to see that. And But if you guys want to know who won, it was Ram Kawichi. She is really good. Uh, that one of the other female wrestlers who are involved in Ice Ribbon and and Triple Six, which is another hardcore or deathmatch promotion. But it was good. And the next one was a, one of my favorite matches. It was first team we have. Mio Mon uh, Momono teaming with Natsupo and Sudi of DDM of Stardom. And of course, Asuka, better known as Venny through AEW. Taking on Def Yamasuna, as we know her as Kokigen Def or Fukugen Def. Konomi, Hazuki, and Katsu, uh, Kagetsu. Now, there's a reason these, this is one of my favorite ones because Def Yamasan and Konomi were part of the Tokyo Cyber Squad until... Um, Konomi turned on T Tokyo Cyber Squad and all that. And of course, Hazuki and Kagetsu were part of Odetai alongside with um, Hana. And it's like you see a mixture of the two factions. Either Hana was involved or the faction she was leading. So it was pretty good. But however, th the best thing about this is Hazuki and Katsuku are part of the original part of the older version of Odetai, a different look at the time that was more interesting. Nothing compared for what is going on today. But Kagetsu and Hazuki were both retired. Uh, Hazuki retired in 2019, and Kagetsu retired last year. But her leadership with Odetai was passed on to Natsuko Tora. But it was great to see these two come back and all that. But there were some great moments, like um, Kyoko showed up. Helping Odetai. If you guys must know, Kyoko was part of the original Odetai with her daughter and Kitsu. And of course, Jungle Kiora showed up. But it was a very fun match. I loved it. And of course, the winner was none other than um, Azuka, Asuka, Asuka uh, Miyamomo, Natsupo, and Suri. But however, in the end of the match, there was a special wrestling match that was set up later between Asuka and Kagetsu. This was like more like a dream match because Asuka never got the chance to wrestle Kagetsu. But keep in mind, Kagetsu is currently retired, but this she only came back because this is her friend who's no longer here on this earth. Match was awesome. It was great. But however, Asuka, she is such an amazing wrestler, what she can do. But however, as soon as the match was over, I would assume that Kazu Kagetsu was going to win. But no, it was Asuka. But as soon as the match was over, 
there was a post-match. They brought up Koyoko because there was a portrait of her and all that, you know, paying tribute to her. But later there was a, a very special video that shows the life of Hana as a baby all the way to the time when she all grown up to become a very amazing wrestler with a very, very uh, interesting character. And, of course, people talk about her. But the best part <coughs> is wrestlers who actually talked and they spoke about her, but they all said the same word, Manate, the entire time. The first person they that came up, came around was Tajiri. Tajiri was the first one. Apparently, Tajiri knew Hana when she was a little girl and talked about her. And, of course, everybody in in the entire video that they put out in this one all said Manate. Now, there was a lot of wrestlers, I don't know. But here are the ones that actually I did recognize. Uh, maybe you may or may not have heard them. There was, of course, uh, Kiori uh, Yonayami. We know her as Koki and Def, Fuki and Def, uh, Def Yamasan. They all said Manate. There's Shugi, Layla Hirsch, Holiday, then Shuko Dino, uh, Ze uh, Sekiguchi from DDT. Thunder Rosa, Kai from Dragon Gate, Keno from Pro Wrestling Noah, leader of Congo, Ram Kaiochi, Hikaru Shida, AEW Women's Champion, Masato Tanaka, B Priestley, Yuji Hino from DDT, Koyoto, the founder of World, Wim uh, World Women's Pro Wrestling, Diana, Sessions Moth, Shinjiro Tagagi, Ogawa, uh, from Stinger from Pro Wrestling Noah, Shima, the uh, Samurai Daisuke, Jun Kasai, Kenny Omega, Meiko Satomura, uh, Ikemenjiro, but I remember what he, he called in Japan, Keiji Mudo, Jaguar, Io Shirai, Kairi Sane, Saray, who's currently now with WWE for the NXT brand. Chris Wolf, Kagetsu, Asuka, also better known as Veni, and finally her mother, Kayuko Kamira. Now, I was touched with all of them saying Yamame, Yamate. And I, cr and I cried. But it's a great cr to cry, damn it. You know why? This was a young 22-year-old girl whose life was, a, was ahead of her. But she took her own life because people were stupid. But it was a good show. Now, do I want to compare this to the Brody Lee show? Tribute show? Hell to the no. They're both were special shows. And that's how I feel. I don't want to compare it. I mean, look. It's sad what happened to Brody Lee. I know there was a lot of questions, but we couldn't predict about how his death was going to happen. You know? But it's tragic. He left behind a wife, two daughters. And then you got Hana Kimura. She was 22. Still young. Not, in the re not married, no kids. Her career was still up ahead of her. She was still young. She could have succeeded in stardom. Hell, she could have been 23 years old right now if she was still alive. But no. 
we got some pricks who decided to go on the internet, say negative shit about her. But I'm glad that they were arrested. They even apologized to her mom. She wasn't going to accept it. These bastards took her only child. Her only child. But Hannah will always be remembered. I may not have known about her, but I am catching up on certain wrestling videos they put on YouTube. And of course, I am touched how people talk about her. No negative comments about her. They're those that they wish they could have known her more. But that's okay. Hana will always be remembered for the person who she is. When you see her smile, she brines up your day. And that's how it is. And I'm grateful to know there's people like that. And now it's sad that she's not here. You know, so thank you, Hana. We love you. We'll see you later. Okay. As you know, I'm still a little crying, but that's just me, folks. But like I said, it's okay to cry, damn it. I may be a grown-ass adult, but I'm touched by this. So sue me. Okay. Now here's the next subject that we are going to talk about. As you know, this past April, to the day we had a 10 wrestlers release after WrestleMania. Now, there was an initial thought about what about the NXT wrestlers. Well, we were told it wasn't going to happen, but guess what? It didn't. It did, actually. There was... a. Uh, Eight releases coming from NXT, six wrestlers, and two refs. Now, <coughs> here who they are. Kavada Devi, Jasmine Duke, one of the MMA Four Horsemen, Ezra Judge, Skylar Story, Vanessa Bourne, Alexander Wolf. And now here are the referees. Drake Wirtz and Jake Clemens. Now, I want to talk about certain wrestlers that I... Better mention, Jessamine Duke and Vanessa Bourne broke their silence days after they were released. Now, Jessamine Duke, from what what I'm hearing, she has been a regular in the Up, Up, Down Twitch channel that is run by Xavier Wood. And she even has her own. Now, there is still no plans what she's going to do, but we haven't seen her on television for months. I think the last time we may have seen her was last year but she hasn't been having a good strong push or being utilized not since Shayna Shayna Baszler was moved to the main roster and it kind of sucks and that kind of blew uh, blows up in our faces that we were expecting a four horsemen feud you know like seeing Ronda Rousey J- uh Shayna Baszler Jasmine Duke and I forgot the other person taking on the other four horsemen Bailey uh, Sasha Banks, Charlotte, Becky Lynch. We're not going to have that now that Jessamine Duke is gone. So, WWE kind of screwed that over for us. And then there's Skylar Bourne. Now, Skylar, I have, I mean, I mean, uh, Vanessa Bourne, I haven't seen her for a while. Uh, last thing I do remember that she was on the corner side of Aaliyah, who's now with uh, the Robert Stone brand. And 
all of a sudden, Vanessa Bourne puts out a video on Twitter or something talking about she was grateful with being there, uh, all the opportunities she had. We were expecting her to... We, there were rumors that she was part of the attacks of the of the uh, retribution. But nothing happened. We haven't seen her. But of course, she was grateful for the opportunity she has. And she even, how to say, blew up in the haters. As you know, there's a lot of the, uh, Vanessa Bourne fans that are not happy with the whole thing, you know. Like, they feel that WWE wasted her time not utilizing her. I know we talked about this time and time again. And I could, I agree with them, but sometimes we need to understand, okay, look. She may not got, like, the full opportunities to see what we can do, but we don't know where she's going to end up. Do I think she could go to AEW? Probably not. You probably asked me, why? They only look for wrestlers that are valued to them. Like, look, look at uh, FTR. Uh, Miro, you know, these guys were valued. She wasn't nowhere near that. And, of course, the one person that surprised me the most from these releases is, of course, Alexander Wolf. Now, <coughs> he was part of the faction called Imperium. Recently, he's been showing up in NXT. I mean, look, the guy was on a good run. On a good run. And it, it kind of got me off like, why? Why would they release him? We just recently saw him this past Tuesday during an NXT event. It made absolutely no sense to me. But all of a sudden, we did see him. Uh, he got kicked out of Imperium. I don't know what it means, but to be honest with you, I am disappointed that they let him go. He's he's has a good spot, but why now? Why release him? But I'm sure we will hear from Alexander Wolf, trying to hear his side of things, because we need to understand why did they release him. I'm sure he's probably going to give a good story, but we just got to wait and see. Now, the interesting thing about this subject that comes around is the referee known as Derek Drake Retz, Rotz, or whatever he called himself. I did not know this. I just recently found out. This guy is a piece of shit from what I'm hearing. Turns out this guy had a problem with wrestlers getting vaccinated. He had a problem about religion. He was being racist. He was being disgruntled. All this other stuff was happening. And it was like, what? I didn't even know. This guy was part of the NXT brand since 2015. That's like six years ago. And I was surprised to find out about this. I didn't even know anything of it. It surprised me. But, however, I think if this was happening with his attitude, I say they did make the right choice. You know, so we can say good riddance to you, Drake. But I hope any of the major promotions don't hire this douchebag. He can stay in the independence all we want. But companies like MLW, NWA, Impact, uh, AEW, they should not touch him. Trust me, they should just... Leave him alone, and he can go F himself, if you know what I mean. Now, this next topic kind of was another surprising. A day after the release of the NXT wrestlers and referees, we get another surprising announcement. 
and I'm talking about Velveteen Dream. Now, some of you probably are who are no longer fans of Velveteen Dream, you probably say, good, he's gone. My brother is amongst those people. Me, I'm just a bit of confused about what the hell is going on about this whole thing with Velveteen Dream. I mean, he seems like he had a good start, but let's talk about everything that happened to him last year. As you know about the Speaking Out movement, for those who are new and those who don't, the Speaking Out movement was about women who are talking about the abuse of nature that happened in wrestling. According to the information, um, Dream was accused of sending inappropriate photos to minors. <coughs> and WWE said they were going to look into it. And surprise, surprise, it did not happen. Yeah, you heard me correctly. It did not happen. It just was swept under the rug or, rug or something. I don't know. It was kind of stupid that it didn't happen. I just don't know why. But however, he did come back later while this whole thing was happening. The, uh, we haven't seen him. He was involved in several matches. It was kind of... And then there was that car crash he was involved. But the last report about him came about... That he was last seen at a backstage in Raw. Now, the initial assumption by many fans... They probably thought... Oh, he's going to go to the main roster. I'm like... Okay, it makes absolutely sense. But we're like... Uh-oh. What just happened? Now... This is my problem I have about this whole thing. WWE are not looking into the whole thing. Not a lot of the... Many of the top wrestlers who we know... Who were accused during the Speaking Out movement... That includes Velveteen Dream. Nothing happened. But you gotta ask yourselves... Why did they keep him? Why didn't they fire him? We do know that several wrestlers were fired. Travis Bank, El Ugaro, and a few others. But... But... Velveteen Dream stayed, and I, I'm sure that's a question. Why now? Why release him now? Why couldn't you do it long ago if you guys don't like him anymore? It made no absolute sense to me. I can say yes, okay, we're happy we're gone, but the question remains to many fans. Why now? Why release him now after all that whole thing that took place back in the Speaking Out movement? Hopefully we get a very clear picture of the story because it makes absolutely no sense to me whatsoever about this. Now I can say this much as I want, but it's the truth. Now let's move on to more interesting news. As you know, AEW are actually having some interesting moves coming up. Other than I mentioned before that they're moving to TBS starting in January 2022. AEW is going to have a temporary change on their Dynamite show from Wednesday to Fridays. This has something to do with the NBA playoffs. Now, keep in mind, last year, we had the same thing with the Wednesday Night War, where NXT was still on Wednesday, and AEW had to move to Saturdays or so, for the, only temporary for a couple for two weeks. But this is the same thing with, with them. They're going to move to Fridays. But, however, this is going to be a little interesting. As you know, Fridays is SmackDown night. Yes, you heard me correctly. I like to know how this will be played out. Because 
they have no intentions in competing with WWE, even though WWE wants to be the company that is at the top. I mean, look, we saw that technically AEW won, but this would be put to the test uh, for AEW, in my personal opinion, to see, okay, how are they going to do with their numbers temporarily on Fridays, since Fridays is SmackDown. And to me, it kind of is interesting because a part of me would say SmackDown will win the night. But we're going to see some numbers drop from both sides. Like, we might have, okay, maybe SmackDown at the top, AW at the bottom, or <coughs> the opposite. I don't know. But that's kind of thing we can talk about. But from my understanding... Things are going to go back to normal back in July, just in time before Rampage makes its appearance. And then, of course, we jump in later in the start of the year for moving to TBS. Now, the last thing I want to talk about is Tay Conti, who is one of their AEW stars that um, recently I just listened to a, um, a podcast interview that she did with The Unrestricted. I mean, Tay Conti has been one of the most interesting wrestlers that ever AEW has signed. There was a lot of things that happened. She ex- revealed what happened during her time with WWE. And, of course, how this whole thing with her involvement with AEW came about. Let's talk about her timing with a- with WWE. She has been unhappy for some time ever since then. She has been demanding to be released uh, for months prior before her, her actual, she was amongst the 40 plus people that were released last year in April. And of course she, they told her no, they were more concerned about her going to AEW. But here's the thing. Tay Conti did reveal that she had no plans whatsoever, no plans what to do next. But she did state that she was going to re, she was Reevaluating her wrestling career does she quit or keep going and of course fortunately her her conscience told her keep going and like i and like i said she said she had no plans whatsoever she said she recently bought a house bought a car you know and she has some money saved up you know she's not originally from the states she's originally from brazil i think rio from my understanding and she has family there but basically, this is what happened from what she said. The media, she got the call about her release. She was okay, you know, no, no hard feelings. And that sort of thing. Now the real question is, what's next? Now, you probably say, oh, she had the 90-day no-compete clause. They probably won't hire. Well, apparently, certain wrestlers for NXT, from my understanding, they only get about a 30-day no-compete clause. So basically... Any of these ten rest, six wrestlers or ref, and referees that were released, they probably had that, but I'm not sure. We'll see about that. But there's that, <coughs> and of course, uh, Luchasaurus was referred to Kenny the Haver. You know, and Kenny called her, and they discuss about her. Um, you know, being part of this, and of course, the original plan when she they brought her upon she mentioned was for her to be in part of the AEW Women's Tag Team Tournament. And when she got there, she felt a whole lot better. She was more happier. Because the thing is, this WWE, are they never allow any of their talent they have to be themselves or be the characters 
that we know and love from the end of the days. Excuse me. But but yeah, but it made perfect sense. I know wrestlers have been unhappy with their positions in WWE. It's nothing new, but take Conti. She wasn't feeling happy being there anymore. But for her, but but this whole thing with Anna Jade, she kind of explained it. She was by herself. They were talking. They told. They complimented each other how beautiful they are, and then eventually, they set her up to be with <coughs> Anna Jay, and she was totally happy with the idea. And it was like, wow, makes perfect sense. And she loves being there. She even her, she even mentioned what a great environment she's in. Her matches with her her match with Hikaru, she was one of the greatest ones in her career. Even though she didn't win it, she even had the bruises to show it. But I was like, wow, this woman is enjoying her life. And not to mention she has Dark Order. But she's mostly been touched by the appearance of Negative One, or as we know him, Brody Lee Jr. And she cannot explain what it is about him. Basically, here's the thing. Hannah hasn't seen her family in three years. Brody Negative one lost his dad, so they kind of found each other, and they've been good to each other. And she loves that kid so much, and it, and every time he's around, he he brightens her day, and that's always been good. And she's so thankful about that, and, and all these other things. And she said her dream match right now, you guys are gonna be shocked, is Britt Baker. <coughs> so that I gotta see. You know, this is going to be. One clear match. Now, she said she's been in the business for five, four, five years. And she has a long way. She's admitting that. But we can't say she is developing good in the wrestling world. I can't wait to see her more. We know she can be good as she said she is. Now, for those who are, are in love with Tay Conti, you should know, in real life, from my understanding, she's dating uh, 10, the Preston Vance, or 10. Basically, that's I've been seeing hearing rumors about that, but is and I haven't confirmed it yet. But we'll see about that. But Tay Conti, I have to say, she's a very impressive wrestler. She has a background in judo and a blue belt in Brazilian jiu jitsu. Now she did. They, there was some good questions in the Q and A section of the Unrestricted Podcast for AW. Um, is she going to? Uh, how do I say? Incorporate any of the. Um, some uh brazilian jiu-jitsu style in her fighting she said that she thought about it but right now she's trying to figure things out but however her strong suit at this moment is of course judo and of course she did compete for um to try to be part of the uh 2016 judo competition which she didn't get in but it was good to see that but I love Anna. J- I love Tay Conti, and I hope Anna J returns and all this. But she did state it. The reason she's not doing the push and shove on on uh, Stu Grayson during the Bean Elite. Well, no, that's up to J- Anna. She's gonna save that for her. But like I said, <coughs> excuse me. I love seeing Tay Conti. She's an amazing wrestler. Can't wait to see what she can do more, and it's gonna be a lot of fun. But. I hope you guys enjoy this episode because, uh, like I said, I'm going to do this once a week from the week's topics. 
Hope I uh, can't wait for more of the things that's gonna happen. Um, oh wait a minute, I forgot one more uh, that I forgot to mention. Uh, let's see, I got this on my notes. Oh, here it is. Uh, if you guys remember, uh, Darby Allen lost the TNT title. Uh, it was revealed that Darby Allen was cool with the idea of dropping the TNT championship to Miro. Now, that kind of surprised me a little bit. Now, you can say, why would he do that? Simple. Uh, I think right now, we need to give Miro a chance. We can all talk about how they didn't treat Miro with what the kind of wrestler he should have been. But of course, Darby will always be proud of his accomplishment being TNT champion. He even said he didn't know that this was going to happen. And I mean, I I I get it because it's kind of like how how do I say this? We don't know if it was pressure or he felt it was time for him to just let go. I don't know. So, but he did. But right now, uh, he there is no talk about if he's going to cash in on his rematch clause because he's entering new feuds. As you know, he and Sting are in fact entering a feud with All Ego Ethan Page and the face of the Revolution Scorpio Sky. That match is going to take place at Double or Nothing on this coming Sunday. On the 30th of May. I'm excited for it. I'm excited for Double or Nothing. The flag pay-per-view by AEW. I just love it. So, I think that's pretty much it uh, for all of you. This time it's for real. Um, I'll see you guys in the next DWZ time. Same DWZ channel. I must bid all of you adieu. So, goodbye. Mwah! And have... A nice day. Bang!